Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information. The Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. Conversations to change the way you lead. It's calculated that around 90% of world trade is transported by sea, involving some 1.5 million men and women working at sea. Sailors Society is a charity that for nearly 200 years has provided chaplaincy to support those on the ships as well as their loved ones back home who often endure many months at a stretch without them. Sailors Society is also involved in projects to help communities affected by extreme weather, has helped uh, raise £225,000 through its Typhoon High-End Emergency Appeal that's helped rebuild homes, lives and communities. Well, I'm joined on the Leadership Fire this week by Sandra Welsh, Programme Director of Sailor Society, to talk about the ministry and challenges involved in leading it. So, Sandra, welcome to Leadership File. Thank you very much. Great, great to have you with us. Uh, t- tell us, how did you come to be involved in Sailor Society? What's something of your story before we start? Um, well, um, I was involved in ministry for about 20 years. Um, I worked for um, the Salvation Army, as a Salvation Army officer. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, so during that time, I ran churches, worked as a hospital chaplain, a town centre chaplain, and um, also was involved in lots of community development programs in Southern Africa, um, in Mozambique, in South Africa, Swaziland and Lesotho. So um, really, I have a real heart for chaplaincy and working with people. And so um, this job is a, a wonderful combination of all the kind of expertise and skills that I have, really, because it's about chaplaincy and working with people. And then, of course, about community development programs where, we, you know, I like to work with people in communities and help to rebuild and develop communities. So wonderful. Really an exciting opportunity. Great. And where did you uh, where did you grow up? Where were you born and grew up? Um, I grew up in South Africa, in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. So, um, hence, you can re- you can hear from my accent. I'm not a local girl. Indeed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I trained as a music teacher, and then um, obviously was called into ministry. So splendid. And what what brought you to the UK? Um, my husband's English, and um, so um, we came over when my daughter was born in 1992. Right. And was he in the Salvation Army as well? Yes, he is. I see. Splendid. Good. Um, and and so I understand the society has has workers literally all around the world. I was a little ignorant uh, of, uh, to be honest, of Sailor Society became, until I became aware of you. So um, you you got workers all around the world. Yes, we do, and um, we work in twenty three countries around the world. And um, we have ninety nine active chaplains, and we work in sixty five ports around the world. Wow! Um, and it, in addition to that, obviously, we have project staff based in the Philippines. Um, and in Madagascar as well. I see. Good stuff. Um, and the, the kind of challenges that um, merchant seafarers face um, that you, you aim to, to meet as a charity? Well, yeah, we provide really practical help for uh, merchant seafarers. So, um, you know, it's, it's about being a listening ear or the friendly face that they meet um, um, while they're on board a ship and on their various voyages. Um, it might be that they need to um, talk to a chaplain. It might just be, um, you know, if they have a problem and they'd like to speak to somebody and get some help from somebody. 
Um, it might be that, you know, they just need practical assistance to go to the shop or, um, you know, um, just get off the ship and spend some time um, away from um, the, that kind of unique social environment, which is a, a ship, you know, um, where there's so many people from different cultures um, and they, they never really get away from work, do they? It's not like us when we, you know, if we get fed up and we want to... Um, we leave the office. So it's a whole different environment. You know, working and living on a ship is is a very unique social environment, which puts put lots of pressure on people. Mm. And so our chaplains are there to provide a listening ear and provide practical support for them. And then, if there's a case where there's an emergency, um, if they're in hospital or, or should there be some kind of um, problem that they end up in prison, our chaplains will be able to go and help them too. Splendid. So um, most of your chaplains will be based on shore, presumably, are they? Yeah. Yes, they are, and, and they go on the ships um, and, and visit um, the seafarers, or else they would meet some seafarers if they work out of a, um, a seafaring centre. Um, um, they would be able to meet them there too. And so the people on the ship will be different day to day, but I guess over time the chaplain will start to get to know folk. Is that the idea? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And so there are some instances where um, a ship comes into the port regularly, and so our chaplains will build up a, a really good rapport with the seafarers, and sometimes, um, if they're asked, they will provide a worship service on board the ship, and they'll pray with people if, you know, if they're requested to do so. But, wow. of course, we work with people from um, all sorts of nationalities and religions as well, and we don't kind of... Um, um, not help anybody, you know. No, our, our role is there to provide help and support. Kind of an unconditional love, that's right, in, in, in God's name. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all about um, what I like to call incarnational ministry, mm. where it's about showing the love of God um, through how they you know, treat people and how they behave towards people. So it's very important. That's splendid. Yeah. And, and you're the, the programme director. What, what, um, what does that involve? Okay. Um, it, it involves basically land managing all our, our chaplains around the world. Um, so <laughs> it's a big job. I spend Gracious. a lot of time um, looking after them and making sure we provide the right kind of support for them. You know, when people work in, in loan ministry, which is very much what chaplaincy is about, um, it's important that they get regular support from us as well. So um, regular help, you know, support learning and development and training. So that's really what my job is about. And then also about... Um, being responsible for program and all the development programs so i've had to um you know plan and develop these programs and make sure that they are monitored and evaluated in the right way as well so that would include something like the, the typhoon i don't know if i can pronounce it correctly high end yeah high end <laughs> typhoon high end yes mm. that's right um, actually typhoon high end was um was kind of the, the catalyst if you like for um our community-based programs where you know 30 percent of the um 30% of the world's seafarers are Filipinos and so we realised we really had to help them um, so many wow. of them were at sea when, when this happened to their families and so you know, in the early days it was about providing very practical support like you know, giving them phone cards and access to computers um, and the internet if they needed to try and contact their families or even our network of chaplains where we could you know, get them to go and check you know, to see what was happening with their families and help their families to contact them because it must be an awful thing not to have contact with your family when you know something so awful has happened. Um, and they kind of felt really powerless. So it was about providing very practical support in those early days. And then as the communities needed to rebuild themselves again, we were able to help um, by providing um, grants so that they could rebuild homes or repair homes, um, grants for seafarers and their their families to um, restart um, little businesses that they might have had and then of course to help the wider um, seafaring community where we 
we set up medical facilities that provide um, primary health care. We, we built some classrooms for schools and then furnished those and put in kind of computers and desks and various things um, which had all been lost and washed away. Um, and then provided housing for people as well. And we worked in partnership with Habitat for Humanity um, because they have the expertise to build the homes. Um, and so we're able to support us in that way. Wonderful. Uh, and, uh, do you understand, have any insight into why so many Filipinos are seafarers? Um, I, you know, the, the, the Filipinos' um, major export from their country is their people and the skills of the right. people. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's always been a seafaring nation. And so, um, mm. you know, they're able to, they have many, many nautical colleges and schools and many people go into seafaring because they realize it has a huge impact on their lives and can change their lives for the better. Well, yeah, well you, you say you learn something every day and that's, that's a new one on me. So thank you, Sandra. <laughs> so your program director, you've, I mean, this is, it's astonishingly broad uh, job spec and, um, you know, you're caring for, these workers uh, as they are around the world. What, what, do you, what do you especially enjoy t- about your work, Sandra? You know, I love it all. Um, no day for me is the same. Um, I'm a kind of real multitasker. I like doing different things and juggling lots of things. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I just love um, the fact that each day we, we can help people and really make a difference to people's lives. Um, and, you know, um, part of the, the thing that led me into ministry was the fact that I really wanted to be able to help people and make a difference people's lives and so uh, you know every day I feel that we help somebody and do something um, new for somebody which is absolutely great. Splendid, good. Uh, and the aspects of the work that are perhaps more challenging? Um, you know for me it's not negative challenges it's always really positive challenges and yeah. um, um, where we kind of look at how we can support people and help people and do things better you know it's not about it's about changing systems and processes and being innovative you know, in, in the way that we, we provide um, welfare care for seafarers. Um, and so those challenges are, are kind of exciting challenges because um, it's just about improving what we do for them. Sure. So it's, uh, you, 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 it sounds like you, you, you literally enjoy each day and even a, oh, challenge is a ble- even a challenge is a blessing to you. Yes, absolutely. Um, I get to travel and see some amazing places too. So, um, and traveling can be a challenge because yes. you know lots of people think, "Oh, it's so glamorous," but I'll tell you yeah. something: you'd be delayed in an airport for <laughs> a few hours. You know, it's 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 not glamorous, and it's, I guess that's the the only real challenge um, on my patients occasionally. Yeah. So, what proportion of a year might might you be on uh, away? Oh my goodness, um, I hadn't thought about that really, but um, I would. Hey, um, I travel probably maybe one or two weeks every month. I see, right, indeed. Yeah. And it could be as far as as where? Where would be the furthest you travel? Um, the furthest I've ever travelled is to Madagascar, where I went in um, October last year. And, oh, yeah. um, that was a long way. <laughs> indeed, yeah. Yeah, so that's the, the islands east of... Um, East of uh, Africa, obviously the mainland Africa. Yes, yeah, yeah, sure. that's right. Yeah. Made made famous somewhat by the uh, by the cartoon characters, of course. But <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, we're coming up to a, to a, a break, uh, Sandra. So we're going to come back to to this uh, afterwards. Uh, you're listening to Leadership Fire with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined by Sandra Welsh. Sandra's the uh, program director at Sailors Society, uh, a society that seeks to serve the many seafarers that uh, are working around the world. We'll be back just after this. 
Welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Sandra Welsh. Sandra is uh, Programme Director of Sailor Society. Uh, Sailor Society is a charity that for nearly 200 years has provided chaplaincy to support those on the ships. Uh, some 1.5 million men and women work at sea uh, and around 90% of world trade is transported by sea. And uh, this this is a, a charity that was a new one on me, but uh, it's a fascinating charity in terms of what it's seeking to to do to help um, those who are uh, at sea and particularly their loved ones at home who are often endure many months without them. So um, I mentioned, Sandra, that the, the charities existed for nearly 200 years. What have been some of the developments in recent years as you've sought to, to meet contemporary needs? Okay, so um, we spoke about um, the fact that Typhoon High and really was a mm. catalyst that kind of led us into our community development programmes. And so we got involved in the Rebuild Philippines programs, um, which will be continuing. Um, because, you know, what happens when you have a, a major disaster, you know, um, there's a lot of activity and a lot of media focus on, on that, that area at the time. But then, uh, sadly, you know, there's, there's always another disaster that takes place. But the work that has begun to kind of, or the rebuilding work still needs to continue for many, many years. And so, you know, we're really committed to, to helping those people and to kind of, um, help them prepare for the next kind of storm, as it were. Um, so, so we're all about helping with the rebuilding and um, kind of um, duplicating or replicating those programs in, in other, other places in the world, like Madagascar and India, where um, you know, they, they have similar kind of um, weather patterns as well. Um, we've also developed some really good um, or really exciting um, technological um, things, such as our chaplaincy app, um, which enables kind of real-time activity reporting um, and maintains a history of ship visits and support provided by our chaplains. Um, our data can then be accessed by chaplains in other ports and um, subject to really careful um, confidentiality and data protection policies, um, we can use it to provide ongoing care and continuity of care for the crew as they go um, on their voyage. So, for example, um, we, there was a seafarer who had some problems um, whilst they were um, working in, in Brazil. Um, she, the, this um, seafarer had some problems with their family in the Philippines. So um, our chaplains there were able to let us know, and so when the ship went to the next port, which was Belgium, Belgium our chaplain was able to go and support that, that particular um, seafarer and then at the same time our chaplains in the Philippines were able to go and help the family at the, at, you know, run through the difficulties that they were having and so it was a really good way for us to see the difference that kind of real time reporting could make um, where you could actually go sort out stuff with the family in the Philippines and then you know, continue that, that line of care um, for the seafarer as well. Fantastic. So it actually revolutionises the way our chaplains mm. work with seafarers and um, it allows us to respond faster and follow up and with the seafarers' friends and family too. Sure. And, uh, I mean, there are, obviously there are hundreds of ports around the world. Um, are, there, are there major ports where you're not involved? Um, yeah, well, there are major ports where we're not involved, but then there will be chaplains from other societies. And I so we've, we've kind of shared this app with um, ICMA, the International Christian Maritime Association. I see. Um, and so we're able to tap into... Um, all port chaplains around the world from whatever denomination and society um, because for us really it's not about um, keeping this, this kind of technology for ourselves but mm. it's for the benefit of seafarers and we really you know, will collaborate with anybody because it's, it's really important um, that the seafarers benefit from these things. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned that you're, you know, you're seeking to, to incarnate in uh, the lives of others uh, by sharing the love of God. Um, are there any restrictions on 
on what you can say and how you can say things um, in terms of faith issues? Um, well, you know, I think it, it's always a sensitive issue, and so people have to be careful not to um, cause upset or insult for anybody. But our chaplains um, are very, very careful in the way in which they, they talk about their Christianity and um, will only really um, provide worship services or pray for people um, if if they're asked to do so. Um, people know very, very clearly that they are um, Christian ministers. And often you will find with other religious groupings is, is that there's this understanding that people live by a moral code. There might be some you know, differences in what they believe from, from Christians, but there's always an acceptance and a respect for what they believe and for what we believe. And so um, you know, they're able to provide pastoral support for them. In, in a very meaningful way. Sure. And uh, would some of the chaplains um, have as their kind of goal to help folk to faith in Christ? Or is that is that a little bit far away from the kind of well, approach they can take? Well, I think if, if mm. those opportunities arise, they will always take them. You know, sure, because sure. people often will ask you about your faith. Mm. Um, you know, when, when I was a hospital chaplain, you know, I, I went to help people and support people. But I, you know, I wasn't, my primary role wasn't to convert them to Christianity, but rather to provide um, the love of God um, to them. And, you know, and so if, if those questions came up and people were interested in faith and wanted to be led to God, then absolutely. Mm. But it, it's never about kind of, um, um, foist, you know, foisting your faith on other mm. people. Mm. It's about that, that, that respect. And, and, and there's a very fine line that one has to trade with that. But our, our chaplains are, are, are all kind of... Um, very experienced ministers of religion. You know, we're multi-denominational, so um, they have a really good background in religion, and they understand um, the the importance of and the privilege they have as chaplains of speaking to people who may never darken the doors of a church, and um, people who because they they can't get there because um, you know of distance, but mm. also people who, who who don't believe in anything. So they they have a wonderful opportunity to kind of demonstrate the love of Christ through. Um, the work that they carry out. Yeah, no, splendid. Looking back at your time with the charity, what have you, what have you been learning? Oh, I've been learning new thing every day. <laughs> um, whilst I'm quite experienced as a as a minister and a chaplain, um, the shipping industry is very new to me, and so um, I've had to learn many, many things. And my colleagues are wonderful because they they always are willing to help and explain things to me about the shipping industry. So um, yeah. I've been really blessed. Good stuff. Now, obviously, we're talking, in a sense, about the shipping industry. We're talking about merchant seafarers. Um, obviously, we can't talk about the sea and, and, and movement without at least mentioning migrants, uh, which, of course, have been very much part of the news. I, I assume that this, the, 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 the migrant issues is somewhat separate from the kind of work you're involved with? Um, yes, it is, except that, of course, um, if, um, if um, seafarers have been traumatised because... Mm. Um, um, of what they've seen or whatever, you know, in, in these situations, because sometimes they're awful situations, you know, we just see pictures on the news and, and, and those can be um, really upsetting sometimes. So um, our, our chaplains will very often speak to seafarers about their experiences and talk through some of the trauma and crisis that they've experienced. Mm-hmm. Splendid. Um, and I, a question I should have asked a bit earlier, and just to give the listeners some idea of the the kind of length of time that that a merchant seaman might, or seawoman might be on board a ship. Um, 
You yeah, and they can they can be away from home for about nine to twelve months, depending on their contract. Yeah. And I believe some contracts um, for some of the Chinese seafarers um, even extend to two years um, away from home. So that that's a long time for people to be missing out on things that we take for granted, really. Yeah. You know, birthday yeah. celebrations, weddings, funerals, all those kind of things. And some of the uh, the larger ships, you know, the tanker type ships, I guess, are, are quite slow in their journeys, and if they're travelling far. You know, we, we could be talking days at sea um, at a time absolutely. for a journey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and bearing in mind, of course, that um, there would only be a limited number of, of um, ships, crews who have, um, you know, available internet, you know, freely for them while they're, while they're out at sea. So um, it's really important that when they come into port, our chaplains are able to provide them um, um, with, with internet access and all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, and, and the sort of things you've got coming up in the future, uh, Sandra, as, as a charity and as you for you personally? Um, well, we, we have some really exciting things. So we, we developed the Chaplaincy app. Um, we have our Wellness at Sea program, which um, will continue to um, be rolled out, um, which, which really is a, a coaching program which seeks to improve the lives of seafarers while they're on board. Um, and so we've been rolling out that program. We have a crisis response centre that's based in Durban um, where we provide um, 24-hour rapid response trauma counselling for survivors of piracy attacks but also other disasters at sea. Um, we have um, our Seafarers app development which is about... Um, um, it, it's, it kind of continues in our kind of continuity of care, really, um, for, for seafarers. Um, so it's an app that provides them with some information about ports and how to contact a chaplain should they need to do so and some other helpful things um, for them when they go into various ports. Um, and also some kind of port expansion. So we're looking to expand um, the number of chaplains we have around the world as well, which is an ongoing um, process. So lots of exciting things um, in this new year for us. Sure, and uh, the, the funding of, uh, say you were able to get into a port, would you then advertise and you have, you know, uh, provide a salary for someone or do they raise their own support? How does it work? Oh, no, we would we provide um, mm. financial support for them and um, for their work. Um, and um, we raise funding for that um, through through various avenues, through, through corporates, through churches, through um, um, individual donors as well. Sure. And, and how can listeners get get involved in your work, become aware of it, maybe pray for you, or even uh, support you financially? Um, absolutely. We have lots of ways in which they can get involved. Um, we have um, a whole volunteer section um, um, or, um, department based um, with the Sailor Society where people can become ship visitors or church champions or community champions where they speak in their churches or communities about our work. Um, they could even become a charity shop volunteer. We have some charity shops in Aberdeen and Hull and Farnborough. Um, we're always looking for new volunteers, so there's ways to do that. Oh, yeah. um, even supporting events, but also um, in a really very practical and, and a very easy way, um, people can get involved by praying for our work um, mm. in their churches. And we have a really good um, campaign at the moment called Pray for Joe. And um, it, it's basically where we have the idea that Joe is, one of the 1.5 million seafarers around the world um, who depend, um, who, who, de- who we depend upon, really, mm. because we forget that everything that we take for granted every day, you know, your phone, your clothes, almost, you know, our computers, everything comes to us by the sea. Um, and so just a reminder that Joe can be away from home for nine months of the year, you know, working in cold and dangerous conditions sometimes. And um, 
So um, Joe and his seafaring colleagues need our prayers, and so the Sailor Society seek to advocate for those um, forgotten people, if you like. Um, and our desire is that through people's prayers, um, the lives of seafarers will be transformed. Wonderful. So I think there's a Pray for Joe campaign. I think it's um, www.prayforjoe.org. Um, people can go on there and find um, information about that and leave messages um, at prayforjoe.org as well. Splendid. Is that Joe with an E? Yes, Joe. It is. Yeah, splendid. Area of, uh, of ministry. So thank you so much and may God bless your, you. your ongoing work uh, around the world for uh, seeking to help these 1.5 million who are working at sea. So thank you. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I was joined this week by Sandra Welsh, the Programme Director of Sailor Society. Those websites, again, sailorsociety.org. And then prayforjoe.org if you want to particularly pray for those who are travelling around uh, and ask the Lord to to touch them and help and encourage them. So uh, thank you for listening. Do go to Premier's website and... uh, Go to the, uh, the online section, the on-demand section, and find the Leadership File. And uh, you can listen to archive versions of the Leadership File, including this one in due course. Look forward to your company again next Sunday at 3.30. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk. For more information on the Sailor Society, visit sailors-society.org.